only DNVR. Two girls out to Zach May, saw Kay at the bar. Three for Mr. B in that old trophy case. Not supposed to wait for, well, bring on the chase. Out on the field, mile high, Broncos win is our desire. Couple with Breck, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. What is up, everyone, and welcome into the DNVR Broncos schedule release show. Uh, RK here, of course, join, joined by my guys, Zach Stevens and Andrew Mason, reacting to a schedule that we just saw for the first time, right, boys? Didn't know anything about this until uh, 10 minutes ago. Yeah, the NFL did a fantastic job keeping this a secret until the very last moment. <laughs> uh, quite the opposite. In fact, uh, just about every game of the schedule ended up getting leaked this year, or I guess eventually every single game, but we had damn near half the thing um, by breakfast time this morning. So, uh, Ryan, a little I bit- remember, I remember a couple of years ago when the NFL was very strict about this and you broke a game and, uh, you, you, you got a very, uh, stern phone call from someone saying, <laughs> don't do any more of those. Uh, apparently that did not happen this year. Dude, but that was, uh, you know, that really put a <laughs> dent in my schedule leaking career. Uh, and you know, now I guess it's just open season for anyone, uh, who wants to leak the schedule? No threatening phone calls, but hey, I guess it doesn't matter now. We've got it now, and we've got a very beautiful graphic to show it off as well. Ryan, Mason and I this morning talked about kind of the first four games of the season that were leaked this morning. Well, when you look at this schedule, what's your initial takeaway? Yeah, my initial takeaway, well, my initial takeaway at the whole thing is no Broncos-Chiefs games until you're really in that full flex window. Now, I've learned a lot about flexing games today, um, (laughs) really against my will. But uh, the way it works is games actually can be flexed starting in week five. But between weeks five and ten, only two total games can be flexed. So it's not really open season. Then once you get past week 11 – that's when you know the flexing really opens up, and you have no Broncos Chief game until after the flex window. So that's my main takeaway, of course, because it means the NFL is in a position to flex the Broncos and Chiefs games if, of course, Aaron Rodgers is around, or of course, um, you know, if the Broncos pull it together some other way and are very good going up against the Chiefs late in the season. That was my big kind of takeaway. Yeah, and my big takeaway, Ryan, kind of goes along those lines, but just in a different way. And that's the Broncos only have one prime time game as of now. Like you said, things could change, but as of right now, I mean, this is the first time in forever that the Broncos have only had one prime time game. And it's the mandatory prime time game. So the Broncos don't get anything other than the bare minimum here. Of course, Thursday or yeah, Thursday, week seven against the Browns in Cleveland is their only prime time game as of now. But you have to imagine they're going to be flexed into as many games as possible if they get Aaron Rodgers. Or, like you said, Ryan, down the stretch, 
lot of divisional games for the Broncos near the end of the season. Not only that Chiefs game in Week 18. If that one's getting flexed, that means fantastic things for the Broncos season because that would be a Sunday night game to end the season. That would probably mean that the AFC, uh, the number one seed, is on the line right there. So that would be awesome. But the week before, you also have the Chargers game. That could be a huge game fighting for a playoff spot, maybe fighting for the, the, the first wild card spot there or just a wild card spot. So there are some places where the Broncos can get a primetime game. But for the first time in 29 years, the Broncos will not have a Monday night game as of now. Yeah, and they won't have a Monday night game, period, because flex scheduling on Monday night football doesn't come into play for another couple of years. So Monday you, night, that streak is out. That's done. Okay, are you sure? Just because I I tried to figure it again. I told Zach while yeah. you were off. I, I, I learned more about flex scheduling than I ever wanted to today. Yeah. But several different places said that was going to start in 2021. Several different places says it doesn't start till 2023 when it comes to flexing Monday night games. Yeah, because what it is is it's from what I've gathered, it doesn't kick in until the new contract kicks in because they got they got these broadcast contracts done, but they're done a year in advance. So this year we are still on the old broadcast contract. We get to next we get to 2022 for example, that's where we started get, getting into the new deals here. So based on what I know, that we're not going to see flex for Monday night this year. So that would be out. Sunday night is in play, but the interesting thing is there could be a point where the Broncos are so good, and obviously this is most likely if you're talking about Aaron Rodgers, that they're so good that CBS or Fox protect those games and they don't make it to Sunday night because each network can protect one game a week up until weeks, week 18. Now, week 18, all bets are off. And if the Broncos are doing well and the Chiefs are doing well, I think you can expect that game to be either be either be on Saturday in one of those two windows or in the Sunday night football window. But let's say, let's say for example, the Broncos do trade for Aaron Rodgers. You think Fox is going to let Broncos at Cowboys go, they'll be like, no, we're protecting that. Uh, CBS is going to say, we're protecting Broncos Chiefs there to start December. Probably even protecting Bronco the Broncos Chargers games if the Chargers are doing well and you're looking at those Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert matchups. So we may be in a situation, guys, where the Broncos could be doing great. They get Aaron Rodgers, and we still might not see them on Sunday Night Football just because CBS and Fox may say, no, we want a piece of that right now. Yeah, and, and this is essentially the the NFL saying we're not willing to bet on the plus one thirty five odds uh, that the Broncos end up with Aaron Rodgers. And, and, and on top of that, they're saying the Broncos have been so disinteresting and boring over the last couple of years that it's just not worth our bet. You know, because it's not like you just lose your bet like you would if you place the DraftKings Sportsbook if you don't get Aaron Rodgers. No, you'd still get the Broncos and Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. And the NFL and, you know, those broadcasting partners are saying, it's, it's not really a bet we're willing to make. We'll take our chances trying to flex it late in the season. It, it's an indictment, you know. It, it really is. Um, it, it, you, you know, you add in the fact that Pat Bolin in some circles is considered the father of Sunday night football. And, and you know, he – you know that the Broncos don't get that Monday night football, 29 consecutive years, guys, this will be the first time in my life or Zach's life that the Broncos have played a season uh, that they didn't have a Monday night football game. It's an, it, it's 
it's a tough pill to swallow. And the funny part is, you know, flip a switch, you get Aaron Rodgers, no one gives a damn. Um, but if you don't, it's going to be weird uh, just, you know, seeing the Broncos almost have no primetime games. One Thursday night game, it's it's absolutely like nothing we've ever seen. Yeah, and and I don't blame the NFL for doing this. I mean, the Broncos are the only team in NFL history to have five straight seasons of missing the playoffs after they won the Super Bowl. So the Broncos got a, a lot of benefit of the doubt for a couple of years in the NFL saying, nope, you have to earn those primetime games. So I don't blame them right now. Broncos have to earn that. And guys, my second biggest takeaway of this schedule is looking at the beginning of this schedule and thinking how crucial it is for so many reasons that they get off to a good start. I mean, the Broncos have their three easiest games potentially in the first three weeks, unless one of those rookie quarterbacks comes on the scene and absolutely lights it up, which could be the case. But if not, if they have kind of a, a typical rookie season for quarterbacks, guys, the Broncos, they really should be 3-0 and if they want any hope at having a very good season. They have to have a winning record because not only are those three easy games, but then you turn around after the first three games, guys, and you host the Ravens, who are very good. You go on the road to Pittsburgh. That's a tough place to play, especially against the Steelers. Then you play the Raiders at home. Raiders, who knows? Maybe they're a terrible team. Maybe they're a playoff team this year. So that, that one kind of a wild card. And then you're on the road for a short week going into Cleveland. A lot of people think Cleveland's going to be in the AFC championship game. And then you, you may have a little easier, but still Washington football team, you never know with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And that's kind of where I'll stop there with, with kind of a brutal stretch. If you go into that stretch guys at one and two, you're toast unless you have Aaron Rodgers. But I mean, if this is a drew lock, Teddy Bridgewater guys, it, the, the hope will, will be sucked out of Broncos country. You couldn't be more right, Zach on that. I mean, it's, it's an opportunity here for the kind of start that they have not had under Vic Fangio. They literally have have an eight-game September losing streak going back to even Vance Joseph in 2018. But you don't want to think about the consequences if they come out of, of that uh, first three games with a one and two mark. And uh, you look at uh, October, for example, you mentioned Washington. Washington, I mean, it was a bad division, but a playoff team. So you look at that October schedule and you see five games, four teams that were in the postseason and Washington, that seven and nine record might be a little de bit deceptive because they gave the bucks a fight with Taylor Heineke at quarterback last year. Remember that uh -huh. uh, Washington is better than that seven and nine record dictates. And then if you stack on that first game, of November into it, I think we agree. Dallas getting Dak Prescott back, they're going to be better than they were last year. So I would even say, it's the it's that six game stretch, Baltimore to Dallas. And if you haven't banked some wins in those first three games, and again, this is kind of looking at where the roster is now, not where it could be with Rodgers. But if you haven't banked two, preferably three wins, you want to be three and zero, Giants, Jaguars, Jets. Because if you're even two and one, you're shaky. If you're one and two, this thing could get a little bit ugly in October, and it might doom the Broncos. Might be doomed before Veterans Day once again. Yeah, so when I first saw the schedule in the first, or I should say when, I, when the first four weeks of the schedule leaked, my first thought was, hmm, somebody out there is looking after Vic Fangio. Uh, you know, we're talking about a guy who hasn't gotten a win yet um, in the month of September during his coaching career and really can't afford to have that happen again this year. I think if that happens this year, 
if they were to be 0-3 or 0-4 uh, starting the season, I think they, they pull the cord on the thing uh, and just say, look, we've got, you know, I guess it would be uh, however many games, you, you know, you have left uh, to figure that out. If it would be 12 more games or four, 13 more games. To figure Ooh, that math out. is tough, Ryan. You just, just, so but we get the point. I can't operate in a seventeen game <laughs> window, especially in when my you head. think about it. And there's actually eighteen weeks. I mean, yes, it just yeah. throws you for a loop. Week eighteen. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Um, oh, it's so. happened once, and it. Uh, you guys were both born in 1993, right? You're before two. before 93. Two, two. We're we're Great. old guys. You were alive for week eighteen, uh, 1993. Yes, the the infamous double by year. Two imagine that two bye weeks. It was a one-year experiment that went so badly they never went back to they never went back to it again. The double the, the yeah, the double bye year. The double bye is what the Chiefs have been calling the Broncos for the last five years. And there we go, half Dude. of our viewership. <laughs> um no, so so yeah, I mean this this start is a godsend. Um I really think that you should get two. I think you should get two of the first four. Three is great. Four is, or sorry, uh, only winning one is bad, really bad. And obviously, if you lost all of them, it's a disaster. It's you lost your job. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Ryan, you talked about Vic Fangio specifically. This is also great for his defense because you look at this. Uh, you look at Daniel Jones week one. He's been a turnover machine throughout his career. So unless he takes a big step up this year, which is possible entering year three, it's not like he's set in stone of what he is. But if he doesn't take a huge step up, especially in week one, the Broncos could really feast on him in terms of turnovers. Week two, you're playing Trevor Lawrence, who's making a second career NFL start. I know he's Trevor Lawrence and is going to be a great quarterback, but this is only going to be his second start in the NFL with a new coach, uh, maybe a new third string tight end with Tim Tebow. You don't know the chemistry that he's going to have with him yet. So the Broncos should, the defense should feast on them as well. And then week three, another rookie quarterback, guys. This is going to be Zach Wilson coming from BYU, making his third career start in the NFL. Again, Vic Fangio should be able to feast. There should be no slow starts for this defense. There should be Von, Von Miller and Bradley Chubb should be able to get after the quarterback. You should have Kyle Fuller having an interception or two in these first three weeks. So this is this really sets up in the best possible way in every single situation for Vic Fangio, unless the Broncos defense doesn't look good and they lose games. And I love the fact that they're not getting the first game of Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson because week one, you're not all you're going to have is preseason film. Nobody's going to put anything of value there. Vic gets to game plan for Trevor Lawrence with one game of film. That's going to give him an advantage. He's going to game plan for Zach Wilson with two games of film. So that in and of itself is a break. I would much rather see Lawrence and Wilson in weeks two and three than either of them in week one, where the element of surprise could have really screwed things up. I think. I think that week two game in Jacksonville, that might be the rude awakening game for Trevor Lawrence staring across the line of scrimmage and seeing Bradley Chubb and Von Miller and seeing Vic scheme things that Lawrence hasn't quite conceived of coming out of Clemson. That too is a huge break for the Broncos. We really did lose a good chunk of our viewers after I made that. <laughs> I thought we were in a Apologize. safe space here. I thought we could yeah. laugh. We laughed at each other. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was just right there. Um, <laughs> 
All right, let's let's ch- check out the schedule again because I think the balance of this thing is really interesting. Uh, when you look through the beginning of the schedule, you say, okay, that looks pretty nice. That looks pretty good. And then you look at the second half of the schedule and you're like, okay, you know, this is where if you are in a stretch run, this could be really exciting. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're not in one, it could get kind of ugly, in, in my opinion. Obviously, you have both uh, of the Kansas City games, both of the Chargers games. Who knows? I mean, I, I never like being scared of the Chargers before the season. I don't, I don't really think you know they're all that scary until they prove that they can stay healthy for a week. Um, but you know, you you have a resurgent uh, Cincinnati team in there. Obviously, the Eagles not not as scary, but you know, really just the goal should be to be in it going into after the bye week. I think that's the way you kind of have to look at this season is, okay, if you are alive going into week 12 against the Chargers, you are saying we have a chance because, you know, the two teams that we expect that would you would be in the race board would be those two teams if it's a three-team race. And you'd say, look, we have all four games against the two teams that were, were jockeying for position within our division and potentially for a wild card spot, you know, when it comes to the Chargers especially, four games against those two teams in the last few weeks of the season. If you're in it going into that bye week, I think, you, you know, we're finally going to have some fun Broncos down the stretch football here. You just have to be close in, in that bye week. You can be a game under 500, maybe even two games of, or below 500. I mean, you can be a game below 500 and you'll be in it then because five of the last seven games of the season are division games. That's the NFL saying here, Broncos, if you want to play on prime time, if you want to control your destiny, here you go. Here it is. So you just can't blow those first 10 weeks of the season. And the Broncos will have a shot here, guys. And I think the Chargers will be competing for a wild card. Broncos could be right there. Heck, I don't know about the Raiders at all, but you still get one game against them. And then your two non-wild card or your two non-division games are easy games in that stretch. So you have to win those if you want to make that push, especially if you're right around 500 entering that push. But I love this because the Broncos will be able to control their own destiny toward the end of the season. Yeah, they should. They should be able to. And now that being said, what is the threshold as far as a record that you would feel good about, and let's again assume that the roster is what it is right now, a, a threshold of record that you feel good about heading into the bye. Is it five and five, or with all those tough division games, do the Broncos maybe need to be six and four when they hit the bye to feel good about their playoff chances? It really depends on how you look at it. Um, if you're looking at it in the way of, hey, look, we're going to lose a few of these, we need to pad our wins early mm-hmm. to be able to get in. Well, then I think, yeah, you say, Six and four is kind of a minimum um, for going for going into that stretch run, but you know, kind of like Zach just mentioned, hey, if you're five and five here, you're not feeling great, but you're at least saying, look, we have an opportunity here to make movements uh, as we go in. So I would tend to err on the side of caution and say, look, we got to stack up wins here mm-hmm. early in the season, so when we go down the stretch, we have a little bit of breathing room. Um, but you know, I think either way you slice it, like I said, just be alive, figure out a way to be in it going into the bye week whether that's five and five, six and four. And you come out of that saying, look, you know, we really have a chance here to mm-hmm. accomplish our goals. Yeah. I think if you're yeah. six, sorry, Mace, you can go ahead. Yeah. Six is the magic number because I look at Detroit and Cincinnati. Those are games you should win. Right. And then you figure 
if you can get two out of the other five, two out of those five division games, 10 and seven, most with seven playoff teams in the conference, 10 and seven, most years it will get you in the postseason. We're going to find over the next couple of years. Yeah. And if you're six and four entering that stretch, guys, you say, okay, you beat Detroit, you beat Cincinnati, uh, you're, you're eight and four right there. Let's say just you lose both games to the Chiefs, you're eight and six right there. Then mm-hmm. you, you just have to win two of those games of the three remaining games between two against the Chargers, one against the Raiders. If you're a playoff team, Mace, you should be able to do that. And heck, that you could even go one and two and still slide into the playoffs going nine and eight, just depending on how other teams are. But even if you don't, if you go nine, nine and eight mace you're feeling good about this team unless you have aaron Rodgers, and you're thinking a little bit disappointing oh. but i mean you're, you're feeling good because you just flipped a team that has lost four straight seasons now you flipped it to a winning record you flipped it to four and a half games better than you were last year yeah i think it depends then how you get there did you get to nine and eight playing better down the stretch or did you get to nine and eight because you faded and that's where uh this is sort of an interesting thing because what if they are say nine and five after the Bengal game and look like they're in good shape. They go to Las Vegas and lose. They go to the chargers and lose. And then Casey at home, say Casey is playing for a number one seating. You lose that. So that's where I think it gets into an interesting spot where it's not just what your record is, but how you get there. If you're nine and eight on a three game losing streak and things kind of fall perceived to be falling apart at the end, That's the scenario where even though you have a winning record, if we're talking about this team having Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, I still think that uh, the axe might be falling on some people on Black Monday. Hmm. I think think if you have a winning record – it's uh, it's definitely a, we're we're trudging along into next year. We feel confident about the way things went. We had a tough draw in the last three games of the season, or whatever. Uh, we need to we need to finish better. But I think Vic Fangio would definitely be safe. Um, I mean, maybe Pat Shermer. We'll ha- we'd have to see how the offense shook out and what when what that kind of looked like. But um, one thing that I really love here, and you guys will notice, we're we're not gonna do uh schedule uh, or record predictions today we will have some more record prediction stuff on friday during three ring circus but it's difficult as you guys are all hashing out in the comments right now i mean it's difficult to do this we don't you know we could do a drew lock or teddy bridgewater prediction but with you know aaron Rodgers waiting in the wings it makes it a little more complicated so make sure you tune in on friday three ring circus our guest is going to be romy bean of cbs4 we should have some fun with her. We'll go through the roster. We'll make our picks um, as it relates to which quarterback might be starting. Not going to do that today, though. Exactly. Uh, oh, sorry. Continue, Ryan. I was going to say one thing that I really love here as, when we look at this schedule and how favorable it is for the Broncos. Um, you know, you get some of these strength of schedule metrics that are based off of last year's records, which, you know, that'll give you a, a nice little peace of mind. But what I love here is this was um, made by Mr. Case B on Twitter. He took all of the DraftKings projected win totals for each team and created strength of schedule based on that. And based on that metric, the Broncos actually have the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL this year. And based on really any metric, you're going to see uh, that the Broncos have a very easy schedule this year, but so much can change over an offseason. I like looking at the projected wins 
uh, from DraftKings here. This is a super, super favorable schedule for the Broncos and really should be a huge opportunity for Vic Fangio to kind of get off the schneid for this team to get out of the hole of losing seasons. It's kind of all setting up for them here. Um, and, you know, everything down to even the placement of the bye week is really nice. I mean, finally, right? It, it's felt like forever since we've been able to say the Broncos got a good break with the schedule, especially the way that the schedule actually shaked out. And I love the week 11 bye week. I think that is perfect, especially because then you get a week off to prepare yourself for what's going to be potentially a huge run for you. And then you'll be as fresh as possible for the playoffs as well. I love that week 11 bye week. And I also love leading up into that week 11 bye week, guys. You get to play the NFC least back to back to back. Now, there's arguments to be made that that Washington football team, if you if you get Ryan Fitzpatrick on a hot week, they could be really tough because their defense is good. Their defensive line is terrifying. That's not going to change with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but it, that that's a, a very winnable game with Ryan Fitzpatrick back there. It could also be a scary one. Dallas, I, they're obviously going to be better than they were last year with Dak back, but Dallas isn't a team that's like a juggernaut right now, in my opinion. They still have many holes. And then Philadelphia, guys, they may be the worst, and, and I'm sorry to Allie for this, but they may be the worst team that the Broncos have on their schedule right now just with how in disarray they are. <laughs> sorry, Allie, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but think of it so, this way. You might get the Joe Flacco game. I mean, that's... <laughs> bring it on. Bring oh, it please on. Please God, no. Oh, oh, come on. That that would be We already got so the Joe much. Flacco game. He was two for two and the Jets lost. Yeah, and there was no one in the stands and the game was in New Jersey. This one is Joe Flacco coming to Denver where I'm sure the reception is going to be just just lovely. And uh if nothing else goes right, maybe that maybe maybe that game will go will go the in the Broncos favor. But yeah, it's it's a it's a benign schedule here. And now that being said, there are always games that end up being tougher than you think they are now. And there are ones that are going to be easier than you think there are now. And so you kind of, and that's where I kind of look at uh, Washington and Dallas. And I say, those are the games that could end up being more difficult than we expect today. Uh, Games that could be easier and more winnable. I take a look at that week five game against Pittsburgh because of the way Pittsburgh slid into the postseason last year. Yeah. I mean, you look at it this way. uh, There's, I believe there's only three teams on the schedule that won a playoff game last year. Now you have a few that snuck in and lost in the first round um, in, um, you know, in there, but you have Baltimore, Cleveland, and Kansas city. They're the only uh, teams on your schedule that won a playoff game last year. You don't have to deal with anyone. Uh, only obviously only one team who made it into the final four. You don't have to deal with anyone from the NFC. Um, that was good. And so you have like a really nice schedule here. There are the unknowns of Trevor Lawrence and, you know, Zach Wilson early, early on in the schedule. But again, they really should be licking their chops at this schedule. And heck, maybe it's even more uh, of a reason why Aaron Rodgers wouldn't mind coming here and playing against this last place schedule. And also, guys, with with the start, let's say Aaron Rodgers is here. He doesn't have to face a gauntlet right away. The the Broncos can hash out their their issues on offense, build that chemistry with the easiest start that they could possibly imagine and a slow start 
for a team with the Hall of Fame quarterback, guys, wouldn't be the craziest thing ever. I mean, even Peyton Manning had a tough start in 2012. So to think that Aaron Rodgers would come in and need a couple of weeks to build up, that's okay with this schedule because it, it could it's, you could go three and zero, and Aaron Rodgers and the Broncos offense couldn't could could not be clicking through that as well. And I mean, you're still probably putting up 24 points if if the offense isn't clicking. That should be plenty enough for Vic and this defense to take care of these three games, and then you start heating up at home week four against Baltimore. I mean, then you're talking, holy cow, this is really, really good for the Broncos with, with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying this, guys, but if but I, I'm glad you mentioned Peyton Manning from nine years ago, Zach, because one, it didn't do the Broncos any favors early when they opened, of course, with Pittsburgh, and then they turned around, they went to Atlanta, who was number one seed that year, played Houston, got a break with the Raiders, and played at New England, so they were two and three. This op- this opening, I mean, I think if they if those three weeks they kind of get their feet under them, if Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, I think you can expect this team to be at to be eight and two or nine and one at the bye. I mean, there uh, you could really your expectation. There will be no <laughs> way to put any breaks on anyone's expectations. Aaron Rodgers, and I don't see any reason. Uh, yeah. that they would need to be. Um, hopefully, hopefully we get to have that conversation in great depth uh, for a few months before the season starts. But, of course, we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, any other takeaways from the schedule here that you guys want to touch on before uh, before we get out of here? Real yeah. quick, you always you always look and see, okay, do you have three straight road games? That, that's the, one of the first things you look at in addition to kind of where you start where you finish you avoid the three-game road trip and that's something that even great Broncos teams have struggled with so that's that's a nice little break there and then just kind of the usual thing the NFL has to have the Broncos playing at Kansas City in December that's three years in a row you kind of you're kind of used to that and uh for Broncos fans who want to spend their holidays elsewhere Christmas in Uh, Las Vegas Yes, oh you can combine Christmas vacation and Vegas vacation into one film. <laughs> oh, man, that could be wild. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, um, gonna, I guess that was the last thing I wanted was what, what's the game you're looking forward to most on the schedule? I guys, I think that week 17 game against the Chargers could be pretty juicy. Now, it's not going to have the uh, the fan base that's going crazy outside of Broncos fans being in Los Angeles. But that game could be I hope it's huge because if it's huge, it means the Broncos are in it in early January. Yeah, that's a great point. And that that's another game where it could be a huge uh, traveling contingent or just the Bronco fans in Southern California invading that stadium. That's a that's a you know what? That's a good time to have a quasi home game. If you're playing for something in week 17, going to L.A. and and looking around and seeing 40,000 Bronco fans in beautiful SoFi Stadium. So that's one that that is that's one that jumps out as well. And uh, I'll tell you, um. It's that that Thursday night game against Cleveland. I mean, the Browns are they're they're a team that it would not shock anybody, I think, if they join that elite class of contenders in the AFC, if they're right there with where we expect Buffalo and Kansas City to be. So it's if it's Drew Locke, Aaron Rodgers, it's a litmus test type of game going into a tough environment. Or Drew Lock, Trey Bridgewater, pardon me. If it's Aaron Rodgers, I think we're looking at that Cleveland game as a potential preview of a big January playoff game. Love it. 
for me, I am so nostalgic for big, rowdy, raucous crowds. And I think that game against the Washington football team at home on Halloween is going to have uh, just an absolutely crazy environment. You know, the holiday gets people a little extra uh, extra loose before the game. You've got the costumes. Uh, I think that one, uh, in terms of a home game, is just, especially if the Broncos are still, you know, hanging around, I think that one is just going to have uh, an awesome atmosphere. I think so too. And guys, I never thought I would save it, say this, but games against Jacksonville, the Jets and Cincinnati are are going to be a lot more interesting this year and a lot more exciting because you get to go up against three of the up and coming quarterbacks in the game. And that should also be great news for Vic Fangio gets to go up against young quarterbacks, especially the fact that you get to play Trevor Lawrence in week two before he's able to get his feet under him. I think that is really good. And my final takeaway, guys, Guys, well, two, one good, one bad. The bad, I don't like ending the season two out of three games on the road in the division. Now, that Chargers game could legitimately have more orange in the stands, but still you got to travel. I don't love that having to travel two out of the past two out of the last three weeks of the season. But what I do like, guys, is there's a chance that let's say the Broncos don't have Aaron Rodgers, but they're in the playoff push. That week 18 game, Kansas City could have everything locked up. And and I hate saying that, but it's very realistic that Kansas City could have everything locked up and they could be playing their backups that game when the Broncos are trying to make that push and need one more win to make it into the playoffs. That could be huge right there. Getting Kansas City with no Patrick Mahomes because they're sitting everyone. You only have to play Kansas City once with Patrick Mahomes. That's a very realistic possibility there. Yeah, absolutely. And Gabriel, with a very timely request here, make sure you guys hit that like. You can also subscribe to our channel here to catch all of our content. You can even sign up for alerts anytime we go live or drop a new video. Uh, But we appreciate you guys for tuning in on a quick little instant reactions to the schedule. Of course, we'll be back on the pod tomorrow. And again, make sure you tune in on Friday. We'll be back live on the YouTube channel for another episode of Three Ring Circus. We'll have our guest, Romy Bean. We'll do even more schedule talk. We'll go through the whole damn thing and put some predictions down. Uh, But for today, that wraps it up for us. We'll talk to you guys later.